Welcome to the Pathways podcast from the American Society for Cell Biology. I'm your host, Mary Spiro. Today, we're speaking with Beata Miejevois about her new interactive game called Microscopia, a game about cell biology. Beata is a molecular biologist and science artist who is currently a postdoctoral researcher at the University of California, San Diego, and the Ludwig Institute for Cancer Research. She is an ASCB council member and a AAAS If Then Ambassador for Science Outreach. Welcome, Beata. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Beata, where did you get the idea for Microscopia? That's a great question. So the beginning of the story is that a few years into my PhD, I discovered that art is an amazing tool to communicate science both inside and outside the scientific community. And ever since then, you know, I've been experimenting with different approaches to present my research, like using drawings or fashion to just share the beauty of science with the world. And then a few years ago, I was really honored to be selected as an If Then ambassador, which is it's basically part of an initiative that highlights female role models in STEM and it inspires girls to see themselves as scientists. So I had a chance to receive funding through this program um, for any type of outreach project of my choice. And so we brainstormed and the idea of creating a video game kept coming up. Um, and then later on, I was also really, really happy to receive the ASCB Compass Outreach Grant, for which I'm really grateful as well. And I really appreciate that the society really um, values these types of projects as well. Yeah, so the idea of a game came because I've always been a huge fan of video games ever since I was little. And my favorite part in games is just, you know, immersing myself in the fantastical worlds that they create and the beauty. So I've often joked that if I could study something completely new and unrelated, it would be video game design. And, you know, that's one of the things that I always dreamt of, but never thought I'd actually be able to do. So I knew that this grant, both the If Then Outreach Grant and the ACB Compass Grant would be such a unique opportunity to see what it would be like to create a game. And yeah, so the first brainstorming session, the name Microscopia came up. So the reference is, you know, to the microscopic world and it felt like a really natural fit for what we are trying to design. Well, you really are one of those rare, rare individuals <laughs> who can sort of have the technical side of their brain and the creative artistic side of the brain coming together in, in a project like this. Tell me a little bit about your collaborators and how long it took to develop because I, I spent a little time with the game and the artwork is stunning and the music is amazing and changes as you move through the, through the game to kind of set the mood for what's going on. So tell me a little bit about that and how long it took to develop this. How, how did it all come together? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, actually, we are just a very small team. We were a core group of four people who worked really intensely on it. And it took about two years to develop. So it started with me and my partner. His name is Matthew Cooney. He's a conservationist and also a science communicator. So it was really great to have that complementary skill set in addition to the, you know, the hardcore cell biology background that I have. And so the two of us came up with the idea and the concept of the game. We started designing the puzzles and I created the drawings to put together the scenery and the art. And of course, another really essential part was the programmer. So he did all the coding and he taught us how to use Unity, which is the platform that we use to create the game. And then we had our composer who really created some amazing music. It really helped bring this world to life. Like you said, I'm really excited to hear that you also enjoy the music as much as we did. And so in addition to the four of us, we had a lot of other people help us, you know, with different aspects of the game. We had, you know, friends and family who played us at the game probably hundreds of times to make sure that there are no bugs left <laughs> in the development process. And 
And one reason why it did take two years to develop is because I've been primarily working on my postdoc. So, you know, I was going to the lab every day and then I was working on the game during the nights and on the weekends. So it ended up being a pretty big undertaking, a little bit, you know, more than we expected initially, but each of us have learned so much during this process. And um, I think the reason why everything worked out so well in the end is because each of us were just extremely passionate about the project. And I'm really happy the way it turned out. I love the fact that you can customize your game player and it's basically you, <laughs> but you can <laughs> change the, the hair color and the, and the wardrobe and, and everything like that. But that was really cool. And also just moving through the game feels very, it feels relaxing, but it's also challenging. So that was a very interesting aspect that I have. I am not really a gamer. And so just to have that experience of like, oh, this is very relaxing, but oh, wait, how do I do this? For example, there's a section that you, uh, for the people who are going to all go and rush out and download this game right now, because it's <laughs> available on iOS and on Android platforms. Uh, one thing I saw was the the challenge where you have to put the gears together. And I was like, what is this asking me to do? It took me a while to actually figure it out. And so, I, you know, I am just really impressed and I, I love, I love it, but I, I'm just interested, you know, what are you expecting people to get out of playing this game? What are you expecting to evoke in them? Yeah, totally. And I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned the character customization. That was one of the things where, um, and by the way, it wasn't really intentional that the character is supposed to be me. <laughs> the point was that um, we wanted to create a default character where you know she has a unnatural hair color, unnatural skin color to make sure that it's not biased. So then you can go in, you can change the colors, you can make the character look just like yourself. And we wanted to make sure there's no limitation on you know what kind of skin or hair color you can pick. Um, so but it ended up being also one of my favorite parts of the game. And we saw at the Comic Con Museum how people really enjoyed the customization. And so what we really want to get from this is we just want people to be able to experience the beauty and the fascinating world that is inside of ourselves. So we wanted to speak to people who, um, especially, you know, um, younger students and girls, people who are creative, people who might not see themselves as scientists, maybe people who love art, people who don't fit the scientific archetype, um, to be able to see that, you know, there's so much beauty in science, there's so much creativity in science and research, and uh, we want to make sure that they realize that you can be both a scientist and an artist, and you can use your creativity in both of these fields. So you explained a little bit about how the project was funded. Uh, is there the need for additional funding? Do you intend to expand on this? Are you going to scale it up? And what, what are your plans? Yeah, that's a great question. And we've been thinking about this a lot as well. So um, I mentioned that, you know, we received the grant from the If Then Initiative, and that was kind of the, the beginning of the project. And the focus of that grant was to inspire middle school girls and women to pursue careers in STEM. And so we thought for that, it'd be a really nice thing to create a visually engaging game to be able to reach those audiences in different ways. And like I said, receiving the Compass Outreach Grant from ACB has been amazing as well. And so we ended up going over budget. We had some complications with the initial programmer, but we definitely wanted to make the point that the game is free to play so that you know underserved communities and educational institutions have access to the game and because you know, I believe that there should be no barriers in science and education. And so what we would love to do is um, to maybe make more chapters in the future. And we're hoping that having this initial game um, will help us get funding. And so we're also trying to you know, 
get metrics and get data from you know students playing the game. And we already have so many ideas for future chapters. Um, I would love to make a game about cell division because this is what I've been passionate about during my research as well. We just need to first catch up on some sleep and then hopefully continue creating games like this and projects like this. Speaking of projects, tell me about some of your other projects because you seem really busy to begin <laughs> with. So why on earth would you wanna take on video game developer as another task? Yeah, so that's a really great question. I keep on asking myself as well. <laughs> um, so for me, I feel like, you know, when I was in high school trying to decide what I'm going to study, I was kind of torn between science and art because um, I really was interested in both. And I thought I had to pick between the two. I didn't really have any role models or the idea that one could combine that. So I initially started studying molecular biology. I love the idea of, you know, how we're made of DNA and how cells compose our bodies. But then it took me quite a while. It took me until about halfway through my PhD to realize that I can add art to my research. And ever since then, it really inspired me. And it gave me a really great balance um, between, you know, working in the lab, doing my experiments, and also being able to use my creativity in other ways and to communicate my research. So for my other projects, maybe I can say something about my research first. So I've been fascinated about cell division ever since, probably ever since I saw my first microscopy image. I just fell in love with the beauty of this process and about you know, how much we still don't understand about it. And so during my PhD, I studied the final step in cell division, which is called cytokinetic abscission. And now I look at cell division from a broader angle. So I use genome-wide CRISPR screens to find new genes involved in cell division. And I also investigate differences in mitotic entry between different types of human cells. So the whole idea is that uncovering cell type specific mechanisms could have the potential to identify new targets for cancer therapy. So that's the whole idea of my research right now. And the science art, as I mentioned before, it's something I discovered only during my PhD. So at one point, I had a random opportunity to create a drawing about my research. Um, so as I said, I was working on cytokinetic abscission, and I drew two cells that are literally holding scissors and cutting each other apart. So it was supposed to be like a fun experiment. And I ended up starting to use this drawing as part of my scientific presentations. Actually, I think the first time I presented it must have been at the ASCB meeting. It must have been in 2015. And I still remember it really well because, um, you know, we talked about it with session chairs. And this is when I realized that, you know, people could remember my research even years after I presented it. And um, I realized that art is such a powerful tool to communicate my own research as well. These experiences um, inspired me to start experimenting with different ways to communicate my research and other people's research. So I started making drawings for journal covers, conferences. I started printing microscopy images on clothes to create my own little fashion line. And, you know, I was, I was lucky to work with ASCB on the model organism design. So, you know, the quiz, the t-shirts, the face masks. And so making the game was really a continuation of this. Um, I wanted to try and take it to the next level and make something that's interactive. And it's been a really interesting experience. And we all learned so much during this process. Well, you're certainly a good case study for the person who doesn't need to set aside that creative part of themselves just to be a scientist or researcher. Although I feel like the time crunch would be sort of challenging. And that's my next question. Like, what was the most challenging thing about developing this game? Yeah, absolutely. So the time crunch definitely has been a challenge. And it's not, not just because of the game, but also because of my other projects. But I do feel like overall, it does give me, you know, extra energy also to work on my research because I get to think about science in two different ways and approach it from different directions. 
But for the game, probably the most challenging part was more the technical side of the game development. So going in, I didn't have any experience with game development and it did take us a couple of tries to find the right programmer. So we realized a little bit late in the process that the first programmer was not a good fit for us. And in the end, we were really lucky to find a second programmer who has been amazing. And he ended up creating a really great experience, a really polished game that it's exactly what we wanted. And I do think that, you know, thanks to all of these challenges, we had a more hands-on role in the development. So we kind of participated more in this. And now that I um, know what it's like to create a game, when I play a game myself, I realize how much work and passion people have put behind it. So I really appreciate it in a new way. And yeah, so it's been a huge learning experience. And I do hope this project will encourage others to start projects on their own. Um, I really learned that even though it feels like you're not ready, there's no need to wait to start a new endeavor. And that, you know, as scientists, we already basically have the skills that are needed to try something new. And um, I can't wait to see, you know, what other people will create and how they will use their creativity to communicate science and get other people excited about it. What was something you really enjoyed about putting this game together? Yeah, um, good question. There are a lot of things, probably too many things to name, but one thing that really stood out for me was um, to see people play the game for the first time and see how excited they got about it. So we were really excited that we got to present the game as part of the San Diego Comic-Con. So we had a corner at the Comic-Con Museum and we gave visitors the chance to just try it out for themselves and play the game. And we, really, we were really excited to see how it would be received and how they would like it. And it was just amazing, you know, seeing the kids getting excited about it getting excited when they solved the puzzle and when they were able to create their own character. And we even had parents who wanted to leave but couldn't get the kids to stop playing, which is just so rewarding to see. And it's great to see that, you know, it's not just seen as an educational game that you would play in school, but that is also enjoyable enough to play outside of school. And that's exactly what we wanted to achieve. And, you know, then we had educators who were really excited about using the game as part of the teaching program. We have scientists who really loved seeing their work and their passion being represented in a completely different way. And yeah, it was just really amazing to connect with the community, with like-minded people and see how many other people are passionate about finding new ways to communicate science in creative ways. So you got some feedback from people who played the game at the San Diego Comic-Con. Have you gotten feedback from game developers or any sort of press or attention from that side of the, of the world? Yeah, definitely. So during the process, we did reach out to quite a few game developers and um, it was really great to have their feedback. We also discovered that there's a whole community of game developers who create games with the purpose of education and things like that. So there's this community called Games for Change. They have a conference and it was all about, you know, how to make games accessible, how to make games educational. And so we got a lot of feedback from there. And um, there's a lot of aspects that I never thought about when playing a game, but then when you make that one, it really becomes really important to think about it and make sure that, you know, you have accessibility, everyone can play it. So we got a lot of feedback from that community. And then it has also been amazing to receive a lot of attention from, you know, social media and the press as well. We had a feature on KPBS really recently. And yeah, it's just, it's just really amazing to see that is a thing that inspires other people. And hopefully we can get a lot of people to play it and give us feedback and let us know what they think about it. So I understand that in addition to the actual game, you do have some additional curriculum or extra materials that go with this, with Microscopia? So this is something that we've been meaning to create as well. 
so the idea at the moment for the game is that you know you get to go to the cell you get to solve puzzles based on real science and every time you solve the pu a puzzle you get a trophy and so this trophy you have the choice to open it up and to learn about the scientific background so you know things like um how microtubules have dynamic instability or how energy is created inside the mitochondria. And so we wanted to find the right balance between it being kind of an enjoyable experience. You know, you can go through the world. If you don't know anything about science, you can still enjoy it and get excited about, you know, what's going on inside your body. But then if you do want to learn more about it, we have those trophies where you can read more about it. So at the moment, this is what we have. And we do plan to create like a kit that would go along with the game for teachers so that they can connect it with the curriculum as well. Your, your next set of collaborators could be uh, from Life Science Education Journal. Oh, that'd be amazing. And also, we've also really wanted to make sure that we document the impact of the game. So this is really not a field that I've been working on in the past, but um, collaborating with someone who could help us test the game in classrooms, you know, have a group play the game, a group not play the game and see how it impacts the view of science of students and, you know, the performance in school and things like that. So that's another thing that we really would love to do to make sure that we get to document exactly what kind of impact it has and what kind of impact overall interactive media can have on education and teaching. Because there's so many new technologies and they can all be used for teaching and can make the whole world of learning a completely different experience. So it sounds to me like you, you sort of did this game out of, uh, I mean, you got the grant money to do it and everything, and it, it's not critical for your research, but sounds to me that, you know, if you've got the right metrics, you could publish some work about it. So what kind of metrics are you measuring? What are you, what is sort of your measure of success for this game? And how could you present it um, at a scientific conference, let's say at ASCV? That'd be amazing. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so for us, what we did during the development, we had a lot of people play test it. And so what we did is we collaborated with some schools all over the country and had students play the game and then fill out a survey, a survey before and a survey after playing the game. And, you know, we collected metrics like how does the view of science change? For example, are people interested in science before and after? And also things like, you know, what is the difficulty like? Which puzzles are people's favorite puzzles and um, things like that so that we can get a better idea of, you know, what the best target audience would be, a better idea of how the difficulty level would be to make sure that the puzzles are challenging, but also that it's not a frustrating experience. So, you know, tested it game with middle school, high school students, you know, adults, basically people of all generations. And it was interesting getting the feedback from all those different people and kind of um, optimizing the difficulty of the game. So we ended up doing it like this, that you can go through the game, you can play the puzzles on your own. But if you do need help, there's a question mark button and you can, um, it helps you solve the puzzles. It gives you kind of the first idea of how to do it. Yeah, um, I, I yeah, absolutely so we, needed that help <laughs> when I was going awesome. through yeah, at the beginning, we thought, oh, let's just do it without it. People will figure it out. But, you know, we, we are gamers. We've been gamers for a long time. And uh, we did want to make sure that young people could play. We Even at the Comic-Con Museum, we had four-year-olds just play the game without even knowing how to use the mouse. They were just able to just power through the game, which was amazing to see. But then also, you know, generations who didn't grow up with playing video games, um, we wanted to make sure that it's accessible to them as well. So it's been a really interesting experience to try to kind of optimize the difficulty level as well. And then we collected metrics like, would you want to play a sequel to it? Would you want to use it for teaching? And we got really overwhelmingly positive responses. So we wanted to create an experience that is engaging to all different age groups and gender identities and people who just love playing games. 
So I heard you were organizing a special interest subgroup for the Cell Bio 2022 meeting. What will that be about? Are you going to talk about microscopia or what, what, what's the theme? Yes, so that's a thing that I did want to mention during the podcast that, um, you know, if the listeners who are planning to come to the cell bio meeting to encourage them to visit our subgroup, it's um, called Science and Art, Bridging Two Creative Universes. So we want to discuss what kind of impact art has had on scientific research and communication and discuss how we can promote more collaborations between scientists and artists and create these projects. And so I do definitely want to talk about the game. I also want to talk about when I create my drawings, um, how I use metaphor and analogy to communicate things that are maybe a little bit abstract in intuitive ways and in memorable ways. So yeah, so definitely we'll have a really great list of speakers for that subgroup as well. And we really hope that we get to, you know, bring art and science to the cell bio meeting and um, start creating a community that will um, help us continue spreading the word about the benefits of combining art and science. Personally, I love your art and I love wearing my ASCB mask. And I'm trying to think, I have I have the zebra fish on my mask. So. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I always get that one. When I take the quiz, I always get that one as my model organism. And me too, actually. So I did the quiz, of course, as well. I work on human cells, but I always get the zebra fish. <laughs> I think it's because I choose the beach. I'm not sure. I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> So is there anything else that you'd like people to know about this project or anything else that you want to share? Yeah, so I think we covered most of the things. Um, at the end, I would really like to encourage people to maybe give it a try, maybe to share with their families and friends and people who might enjoy it, like students and kids. And um, as you already mentioned before, it's free on phones and tablets and browsers. So for mobile devices, you can find it on the app stores. You can just search for Microscopia, which is just take the word microscopy and add an A at the end. That's probably the easiest way to describe it. And you can also play it on your browser by going to microscopia.com. And if you do get to play it, I just would love to hear what you think. So please reach out if you have any feedback to share. Tell us how you like it. Let us know what do we improve and let us know what you would like to see next. We have so many ideas and we'd love to hear from you as well. And yeah, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been a pleasure and I really appreciate your support in spreading the word about this project and being excited about it just like we are. And thank you so much for everything. The Pathways podcast is a production of the American Society for Cell Biology. Thanks for listening.